Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, or shall I say good morning. I am so out of it today, so please bear with me, because I am going to do the best I can, because I am being obedient. But I'm going to tell you today, I am so not feeling it, but I'm going to let it do what it do. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and giving me activities in my limbs. I also want to thank those that have been reaching out, connecting, commenting as it relates to the shows and the topics that are being discussed. And today's topic, I am hot up in this room. So today's topic has to do with friendship. Now, before I come up with a topic, I try to pray on it, meditate on it, make sure that it's something that people or individuals are interested in and really want to hear about. Because there's so much going on in the world, and sometimes we need to take a break. And when I say take a break, we have to take a break from social media sometimes. We have to take a break from watching the news, listening to certain things on the radio, because it can fill our mind with so much stuff. Now, even with today's topic having to do with friendship, friends are those that we would normally share some of those things with. You know, I remember being a kid, watching, coming home, watching soap operas, talking to my friends about what I saw on television or what was happening in school and what was going on in our lives. Now, with COVID, things have been quite more challenging because individuals have started feeling isolated, abandoned, rejected, and they had all kind of feelings and emotions going on, especially when we're talking about kids and young adults. They felt like their life was over because they could not be around a BBS or hang out and socialize with other individuals. Now, I'm bringing up this topic even as it relates to COVID because it seems like once they kind of lift the restrictions, many people lost their minds. They were just hanging out all over the place, connecting with individuals, reconnecting with their friends, which is fine. I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with that. But things are kind of spiking up again. And I want to say, too, we got to change this where now we're having this division between vaccinated versus unvaccinated. But when we talk about friends, what do you consider and who do you consider to be your BBF? And also what the Bible says. Now, many individuals have a strong connection, and we know a desire to be with one another. Again, things change. I was going through Facebook, posting, putting stuff out at the last minute, and I look at my Facebook friends, and some individuals, they kind of thrive on it. I remember when Facebook first started, I went to some of my old friends, Ronald Coffee and my auntie had to hook up my Facebook, and I don't know nothing about that mess. And I got mad because I was sending friend requests, and people was not accepting my friend requests. So I'll never forget calling my friend Coffee. I was like, you know what? I requested you as a friend, and you didn't accept it. He said, you did. I did. I didn't even know the process. <laughs> so when we talk about friendship, it can be a process. Like I said, how do you choose your friends? What type of friend are you? Are you friendly? I used to always say, I noticed that my son would have some loyal friends. I mean, his friends were loyal, down friends. But my son was not a good friend. He would make me mad the way he would treat some of his friends because that was just the type of person that he was. Hi, Nancy. You know you can call in, Nancy, if you want to. Now, today's show is designed to address friendship. And when I say address friendship, because a lot of times we see kids at school, we connect, we try to have, you know, um, 
kids connecting with one another to meet and be around each other, to try to learn different things from each other. So it is that bond. Now, friendship is defined as a bond between individuals to connect them and let them share each other's feelings and thoughts. Now, there's different types of friends, and we're different types of friendship, which we're going to be talking about today. And like I said, how do you define friendship? And not only how do you define friendship, are you friendly, and what does the Bible say about friendship? Now, as you can tell, I'm messing with my gadgets, and I can't see that well, so it's driving me nuts trying to find this stuff. So I want to hear your thoughts. Give me a call, 516-387-1914, and don't be shy. And I know I forgot to text Lady T and give her the information. Now, when we start talking about friendship and what friendship really means, and like I said, it's a bond. It's a bond that individuals have with one another. And I indicated that there are different types of friendships. Now, just based on this information that I'm looking at, and it says in regards to there are three types of friendships, and friendships of utility, friendships of pleasure, and finally, perfect friendships. Now, we know that no one is perfect. However, some individuals have long-term friendships. You know, I commend my auntie, Samantha, and her friends, Dee Dee, Jamie, Joan, all of their names I could probably name off the top of my head, and that's because they have been friends since elementary school. And when I saw that they're now in their 60s and they get together and they do things and, you know, they got an event coming up this weekend, that is beautiful because we're talking about over 55-plus years of friendship. And I was a little tag along because I was always in their way. You know, it's funny because I didn't know Dee Dee's birthday was kind of messed up. Then I had to realize for years when I was a teenager, I was using her ID, so I should have known that. But for them to now be in their 60s and still have that bond that they had since elementary school, it's a beautiful thing. You know, my son had called me one day and was like, Mom, do you know Daryl Coleman? I said, yeah, we used to walk to kindergarten together. You know, and that was 50 years ago. (laughs) It's like, Mom, he requested me as a Facebook friend. You know, so those are sometimes people that we will never probably forget because we shared something. There's memories. You know, we have, you know, I I heard it be said that there's three people in life you're going to remember. A person who was there for you when times was hard a person that wasn't there for you when you was going through some hard times, and the person that put you in that situation. <laughs> and sometimes it is a friend. It's kind of like, are you ride or die? I tell an individual, I'll ride with you, but I don't want to die with you. Come on now, that's a little bit too much. So today we're going to be talking about those different things in regards to how would you describe a good friend or your BFF, and I had said BBF. I don't know what the heck BBF for. I know my daughter probably going to be like, Mom, what the heck is BBF? And I mean best, best friend or BFF. So what qualities do they have? Because sometimes friends can get you in trouble. And I also want to say that we just recently lost Biz Marquis, and, you know, he made the song, Oh, Baby, You Got What I Need, but you say he's just a friend. We got friends with benefits. We got all kind of type of, of friendships. 
So, again, how would you describe a friend and who is a real friend? Now, I want to give you some information, and it talks about a true friend. A true friend is someone you can rely on regardless of the circumstances. And that's how I was growing up. You know, a lot of friends that I had since middle school, I remember just recently going to a picnic with the Emanuels, and I was always getting so much trouble with their family, but I loved their family. And so they had a big family, and I would sneak around the corner, go be around there. I used to date one of their brothers, and, and it was just I just loved their family, even their mother. Now, when we start talking about that, well, not even getting to that point, but I ran into another young lady that I had been knowing since I was in middle school. I remember my mother used to say, if you go to school with your friend or you walk with your friend or you with your friend, and if somebody jump on them, you better help them fight or you better. And I'll never forget one day we was walking home from school and somebody wanted to jump her. And I'm like, Lord, I don't feel like fighting today. But I, I remember what my mother said as being a friend. I can't let my friend just get jumped on and I'm standing there watching. So I wind up fighting her battles, you know. <laughs> so, And I remember talking to another one of my childhood friends, and she was like, you know what, she watched me get jumped. She let me, is that really a friend? So like I said, you can rely on them. They're going to be there for you. And while they may not always give you advice, that you don't want to hear or they give you advice you don't want to hear, from time to time, a true friend will never lead you on purposely down the wrong road. They will tell you it as it is while representing the truth to make it easy for you to receive. I I always talk about my friend, Dr. Lisa Romaine, my sister from another mother. She would tell me sometimes, Jeanette, you're a hot mess. Jeanette, you are... And when I don't want to hear it, I'd be like, I don't want to hear it. Or if I knew I was doing something I had no business doing, I just wouldn't call her because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, but those are really the type of friends we need because a lot of individuals have fake friends. They have people in their lives who basically mean them no good, and sometimes you don't even realize it until either times get hard and you look around and they're not there, or when you need something and they dodging you, and it's like, well, I thought you was my friend. Now, I'm going to give you some information, and this is coming from an article, and it talks about friendship, how to spot a fake friend and what to do about it. Because sometimes we don't know what to do or we may just ignore it. And sometimes when I get messy, my, my daughter has to bring me back to earth because she'll be like, Mom, you know, you, you you be saying all this stuff, Mom, but people be getting on your nerves sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes i got to be honest about that. Now, have you ever had a gut feeling, something telling you that you have a fake friend in your midst, whether it's a Judas or somebody that is stabbing you in the back? In this article, it talks about the friends or the, the concept of a fake friend. Just like individuals can find themselves in toxic romantic relationships, friendships can be the same way. You know, I was just recently, and like I said, I'm feeling some kind of way because my brother Delano Blackwell, Lord, please keep him in prayer because I'm hearing some things in regards to his health. But I'm just like, wow, who am I going to fight with? Who am I going to pick on? Who am I going to, you know, because, boy, we had our ups, we had our downs. 
But the one thing about it, we were truly, truly friends, even though sometimes he would get on my last nerve. He'd get on me about my weight. He'd get on me about who I dated. And, I mean, it was, it was crazy. But we had this special bond, this special connection. Now, when you talk about fake friends, fake, fake friends usually want something from you but give nothing back. It is not a reciprocal relationship. It can definitely be one-sided. Now, here are 15 signs of a fake friend. They're fair-weathered friends, meaning does this person find their way to be around you where it could be a benefit to them? But as soon as you truly need them, they disappear. They go. My friend Xavier, man, another friend that I lost. I'm just like, and I know Delana was like, Janine, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm like, you know what? I got to do what I got to do. But they, man, the things that we've been through and had to deal with is crazy from parenting to burying our parents to me, even being around when he needed to be buried. I, I just never thought that I would be sitting there having to be there with his wife to make funeral arrangements. Just like with Delano. Delano used to always tell me, Janet, I don't want to see you on your back. I, I just can't see him looking like that. You know, but it's that, that friendship. And I'll never forget with, with, with um, Zay, when my mother died, and um, one of my friends, and Zay would always be on me about my male friends, it was time for the ball, Paul Bears to get together. He was like, so, Jeanette, where he at? Jeanette, where your friend at? I'm like, leave me alone. I don't know where the hell he at. So that was a kind of a fake friend where they was a true friend. So, again, they're fair-weathered friends. Um, the second one, they aren't there for you. Similarly, when we say a friend, we always think of people that, you know, they show up, but sometimes they can be there, but they're not there for you. They can either be there to watch you fall, waiting on something bad to happen to you. You know, I remember being a kid. My mother used to tell me, you know, that ain't your friend. That girl don't like you. And I'd be like, nah, mom, she's my friend. She'd be like, mm-mm, mm-mm. The third one, they always seem to need something from you. Have you ever had a friend that every time my mother used to say, give me, loan me, let me have? You know, these are the friends that need something from you. Now, fake friends, tend to only reach out to get something when they need something from you. And they explain it in a way to where, you know, you just got to be, you know, tell them no and see if they're still your friend or if you still hear from them. You know, my pastor used to say delayed but not denied. A lot of times individuals will drain you dry, especially your friends. Another one, the fourth one, they are competitive with you. If you have a friend and your friend is constantly competing with you or against you for either a job or what you have or who you're dating, that's not a true friend if you have to be in competition. Now, yes, a friend should be something that you can learn something from. There's a saying that if you have a bunch of friends and you're the smartest person in your friends, in your group, you need a new friend because you need to learn something from that person. However, you shouldn't have to compete. Another one, they make you feel bad about yourself. If you have a friend that's constantly putting you down and not trying to motivate you, see, a fake friend 
is not going to lift you up in a way a true friend does. They'll say things around you to try to make the person feel insecure, used, or judged. Sometimes not even knowing what they've said was very judgmental. Now, I'll admit, I'll admit, and I tell people, and I could be feeling some kind of way today because I haven't ate today, so I'm hungry. And my friends, both Blackwell and Zay, used to always get on me today. You know you gain weight today. People think you letting yourself go. I ain't like, leave me the hell alone. I ain't bothering you. Leave me alone. But I had to realize, and I thought that they were just being judgmental. I had to realize that it was more because they were concerned. But I didn't realize I gained all that weight. They saw it. I didn't. So I felt if my clothes still fit, I ain't had to buy no new I'm good. But they, I mean, one time they sent me a picture specifically of my stomach. I'm like, you know, screenshotted the whole dress I got on just to show me my gut? Really? <laughs> so you know that was, you know, that turned into a big old fight. But, yeah, he, you know, I used to think he was just trying to put me down, but he really wasn't even trying to put me down. He was trying to let me know that you need to work on that. And even when Delano couldn't see, and I would call him Mr. Magoo, and he would be like, well, Janetia, I said, how the hell you know? You can't even see. Another thing is, with a fake friend, they don't celebrate you. You know, they're not there for you. When you have certain accomplishments, you got things going on in your life, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a birthday, whether it's your, your kids or grandkids graduating, they're not there. They will find an excuse not to be there. Another with fake friends, they will drain your energy. Now, my daughter gets on me when we talk about friendships. She's like, Mom, you know, you ain't got that many friends. And I tell the individuals, I got very few friends right now, but because I'm going to get into what T.D. Jake says about different types of friends, because there's different friends on different levels. Now, there's people that I know. There's people that I'm close to. There's people like we talk about associates. So how do you define and pick your friends? Because as I got older and wiser, I realized everybody was not my friend, and everybody did not have my best interest in hand. So therefore, when we start losing friends and people start leaving us, it's hard and especially when, you know, when I talk to older individuals and they have to bury their friends or their friends are getting up in age, you know, I still have friends that are in their 80s. And when I sit down and talk to them, it's like they're slipping into depression because they feel like their friends are gone. So when we start talking about draining your energy, have you ever noticed how you feel when that person is around you or when they leave, you just feel exhausted? It's like, you know what, I can't do this. Now, this is a biggie with a fake friend. They talk about you behind your back. I tell individuals, if I got something to say about you, I'm going to tell you in your face, too. I don't need to go talk about nobody behind their back. Now, sometimes this one can be hard to spot, but one of the things that I've learned is you tell people what you want them to know. Therefore, if you hear it again, you know where it came from. Whether you even change a word, change a sentence, or whatever the case may be, you know who and what you told someone. So if a person is talking about you behind your back or they're lying on you, you need to be careful with that one. Another one, they have nothing good to say about you. 
then you know that that person is a fake friend. They're disrespectful. The friendship is one-sided. And they have something to gain from you, meaning that is a trademark of a fake friend, meaning that person is only your friend because they want you to help them become elevated. But they're not there just because they care about you. They're there because it could be a social status. It could be a financial opportunity. There's some type of benefit that they feel that they can gain from you. And another way of knowing if it's a person's a fake friend, they're jealous of you in some way. Now, when we start talking about jealousy, jealousy, envy, two different things, and strife is even worse. Because with strife, an individual will be around you, act like they like you, and know they can't stand you. I've experienced that being executive director, owner of my own company, having employees. I'll never forget one time I found a notebook of one of my employees, and she wrote in her book how she hated her boss and her boss did and I read it, and I gave it back to her. I said, I don't know if you wanted me to see this. <laughs> but that same person, I, I got to admit, that same person, my brother Blackwell told me, Jeanette, you know you got to get rid of her, right? I didn't know. He was like, Jeanette, that girl don't like you. She don't like you. Somehow, we were supposed to go somewhere, and I didn't go. But she went with my brother to go watch him preach. I don't know if the Holy Spirit discerned it to him or what, but he called me and said, Jeanette, you got to let her go because he saw her spirit and he knew she meant me no good. And he was absolutely right. And I was like, nah, you know what, she's a good worker. She's a... He told me, mm-hmm. you got to let her go. You got to let her go. And that jealousy can get you or put you in danger when someone is jealous of you and trying to be your friend. And also, they will sabotage you. So, you know, what happens is with this competitiveness, you'll tell them things or you share things with them, and the next thing you know, they're trying to sabotage things. I experienced that and didn't realize it. I had a friend, and I remember when I bought the Center for the Treatment of Addiction, called two people within a week. Well, the people was coming after my contract, trying to put me out of business, and I did not know that that young lady was doing that to me. And it's funny because when I come on and I say, hi, my name is Jeanette Abney, I'm a licensed therapist, that young lady still don't have no license. And I did everything in my power to try to get her to do things, to be some, but I was more of a friend, and I had to learn. Another one? is their behavior is repetitious. Now, that is a problem. Now, what to do about it? In some cases, if you've been friends for a long time and these are changes are more recently, they say sometimes you can try to engage in open communication. But when you engage in open communication, sometimes they don't want to be exposed. Sometimes they may not even realize, I'm going to say they don't realize what they're doing because they should know what they're doing, but it's bringing it to their attention. And sometimes you may just have to isolate yourself. Sometimes you got to just start cutting people loose. I'll never forget, I was listening to Joe Osteen one time, and he said in life, and I shared this with my clients, 25% of the people that you meet in life are just not going to like you. They won't be your friends. 
the other 25% will like you once they get to know you. Then you have that 25% that once they get to know you, they still ain't going to like you. Then you have that last 25% that's going to like you no matter what. But the most interesting part is these individuals come into your life for a reason and a season. And whatever the reason may be, you don't even know. It could be y'all working on a project. It could be you guys have a shared y'all on this journey to try to come up with something, do something, improve your community, feed the homeless, work with individuals that have addictive personality, anything, no matter what it is. But that's the reason that they like you. But sometimes when that season is over, they'll go away. You know, I attended a training, a strip, a strip training. I heard some valuable, awesome speakers. If anyone, I mean, I know they had it on Facebook, but you can just Google S-C-R-I-P-T. They talked about things with related to drugs, alcohol, violence. I mean, these were some powerful men and women. But I know that they're there together as they're on this mission to try to help improve people's lives. And I received an email from one of the individuals where now she was looking at my stuff to see who I was. And it's crazy because just at the last conference I shared with the woman, how do you go about being a speaker for one of your events? I would love to share some information because it's in Los Angeles. Now, we're talking about Los Angeles, Chicago. we talk about all these big cities, inner cities. And it's interesting because that's where some friendships developed in some of the big cities. But then I also noticed when you go back to the south and some of these smaller communities, their friendship, they're more loyal. They, they speak to one another. They care about one another. Because being a friend should be someone that really cares about you and your well-being as they want to make sure you are okay. If not, and if you're not seeing it, like I said, sometimes you got to just cut people out of your life. You, and that doesn't mean you're not being godly. That doesn't mean that you don't care about them, but safety. And sometimes you got to know when it's time to break up with that individual and in that friendship, no matter how you go about it. And it's interesting, and one of the things that I've learned from my experience, I pray when, if you don't mean me no good, if you really don't care about my well-being, Lord, just keep this person away from me. Keep them away. Now, I want to go into some information that T.D. Jakes had shared. And like I said, today is Tuesday, and that's what we do from the pulpit to the couch. Now, if you are a pastor out there, give me a call. Let's talk about how the Bible views friendship, what the Bible says the Lord in regards to friendship. Because I do want individuals to receive biblical teachings. I tell individuals I'm not a biblical scholar, I'm a therapist. But by the same token, when we start talking about these things, I was watching a movie last night, and it was a good movie. And the movie had to do with people being even friendly in the church. Because sometimes that's where you run into some of the most unfriendliest people. They just mean. But it was, you know, one of my favorite actors was playing this role where he um, called himself one actor because he shot in the But the pastor, a woman came into the church off the street because she was a, a, a prostitute on drugs. 
And the people in the church tried to put her out, like she didn't belong there. And it's sad because that should be a place where people should want to feel welcome. You know, where you, it's like the old saying go, you may come in a mess, but you shouldn't stay a mess. And that's powerful. Because your life is messy now, you should be able to connect with people that can, you can trust, that want to help you. But this pastor in this movie was interesting because his mother had a past drug addiction, prostitution. So when he saw this woman come in, he knew he would never, or his desire was not to hurt someone because that was a part of his life that was missing. But even when he fell in love, married this woman, she still betrayed him. She still got pregnant out of by somebody else. She still relapsed. And the man that they call one eye basically was telling him, don't leave her. Stick it out. The church members was even trying to get him out of the church. They dug up his past, brought it up, but the best part of the movie, and it was on YouTube, the best part of the movie was when that man rolled down that wheel, that wheelchair in that congregation. People were talking about how he opened up the gates to let them in. He was a friend to them. He listened to them. He was honest with them, and that's what brought people in off the street. We need more of that. Because a lot of times individuals don't want to associate or be friendly with individuals. They don't even know if they're friendly or not. I tell individuals, we talk about gangbangers, they have a sense of loyalty to one another. We talk about alcoholics or people that use drugs, they have a bond with one another. They have a strong friendship. If you want to go to a funeral where you see a lot of love, go to a funeral of an individual who is or was an alcoholic a drug addict, a they show love. They show each other love. But the part that got me in this movie was when they were sh- talking about this man, and the man was the one I kept and called all the people out. When he told the woman the, about the lotto tickets from not a purse, about the, the things that they, I was like, go on with your bad self. He had to do that to let them know, how are you? Go tell these individuals they can't be up in this church. What is a church? That's where you should be able to make meet friends. That's where people should be friendly. Now, T.D. Jakes talks about five types of friends you need to have in your life. Now, when he talks about this, he also say when we're talking about friendship, is friendship is the hardest thing in the world to explain. Because some people will say, and I used to hear, even when I was a kid, why you want to be her friend? Oh, you don't want to be my friend? I really didn't have an answer for them because how do you even explain that? So when we start talking about it's the hardest thing in the world to explain, it's not something you learn in school, but if you haven't learned the meaning of friendship, you really haven't learned anything. Because his words reflect an importance of the lies in our friendship, and that's in this with we talk about unfamable, and can only be understood as being part of our friendship. Now, when we start talking about these, talk about one friend we need to have as a caretaker. It's good to have that friend that is a caretaker because we all need a little help every now and again. And then a friend who proudly plays the role of a caretaker will never leave you wanting more for more support, meaning 
The caretaker are the ones who remember the little things about you, who check in on you from time to time. Volunteer with a helping hand. These sorts of friends are selfless givers who work towards the happiness of others. Now, not only does having a caretaker friend benefit your social circle, it also makes you more compassionate person. And that's interesting because, you know, when you talk about the care, the caretaker, they're going to be the one to say, you know what, I got this, or you know what, let me take care of this for you. So you don't have to feel like you're on an island all by yourself. The caretaker. The second friend that TDJ indicates that we need to have is the couple. Now, this is what they call a two-for-the-price-of-one friendship and has a lot to offer groups of pals. Being around a loving and supportive couple can offer healthy examples to follow in your own relationships. Their presence teaches you how a caring relationship handles both the good times and the bad times in a way that is still respectful to both parties. You can use the couple in your life to increase your romantic potential, and research have also found that newly dating couples who befriend established couples resort feeling more excited, enthusiastic, and happy and closer to their partners. The love lessons alone that you will learn from being friends with that couple will make up for the lonely and the other behaviors that you may have to put up with from them. You know, and it kind of gives you one of those things to where they can lead by example. You know, if you are newly married and you are around other married individuals, that's why they say it's not good for married individuals to hang out with a lot of single people because you start getting this in your head that you want to be single, but you got a wife or you got a husband, so you can't be living like that. Now, but you do need to have some type of balance, but you can learn from the couple or the individual. The third friend that T.D. Jake talks about we need to have is the adventurer. Now, having someone in our lives who are good at giving us a push in the right direction is a valuable asset. Now, the adventurer friend is the one who's always up for new endeavors and is set on taking you along for the ride. They can motivate you and push you towards your personal boundaries, set up your game face to face your fears, and best of all, they will be right there with you throughout the adventure. Now, I know I'm one of those type of friends now. It depends on the adventure. If you go tell me, Jeanette, we're going to go to the some water or we got to go around a bunch of animals, you're on your own on that one. <laughs> I don't do water. And I ain't doing no snakes and all that. But by that same token, if you want to do a business venture or you want to talk to me about something or you need some motivation, some encouragement, gotcha. Okay. Now, these sorts of, we start talking about friends in regards to the adventure, it is good for your health by encouraging wonderful and curiously both, you know, because they can encourage you spiritually, mentally, sometimes bless you financially. But when you have someone that is adventurous, they're not going to be a Debbie Downer. Well, I don't know if we should do it, but maybe, no. Mm-mm. The next one is the planner. Unfortunately, not all of your friendships are built to last a lifetime, and that's where we get in trouble. We mix 
lifetime individuals with seasonal individuals, and we don't realize that they're just in our life for a reason and a season. We want them there for a lifetime. And it's sad because it's sad, but I know some of my friends that I had, and I thought it was going to be lifetime friendships, they start passing away at a young age, at a very young age. And especially now that we're in our 50s, and if I start counting people that have passed before me, I'm like, well, who's going to be my, they were supposed to be my pallbearers. Now they're just leaving me, really? You know, now the planner is a friend who keeps the group together. Life sometimes can get in the way, sidetracking us from certain priorities, causing friendships to suffer. What makes having a planner in your circle is valuable in that they make it a priority to keep in contact with the group. They're the one that will host the events. I used to do that, too. I used to have a lot of parties at my house at one time. Now I don't because I don't want to be bothered. But they're the one that plan a lot of the events. So they maintain the relationship. Now, this one is important because you've got to have that honest friend. When I say honest, I don't mean they're going to critique everything you do because their truth is not always your fact. But much as we all enjoy hearing assessments of ourselves, we also require the truth, no matter how ugly it may be. That's where your honest friend comes in. We sometimes, what we call need a reality check. We need to have a, 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 a somebody needs to have a come to Jesus moment with us, you know, let us know. Like I said, I'll never forget when she, Lisa tell me that you're a hot mess. And look what I do. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was being a hot mess. So the thing is they are brutally honest with us in a way that is constructive, but it's to help us, not to hurt us and break us. That's the one thing, you know, they say don't be friends with your children and your adult children, but that's one thing that I do appreciate my daughter for. But sometimes her honesty be getting on my nerves. I'll be like, I don't want to hear all that right now. But by that same token, she is very honest with me in regards to she pay attention to some things I don't think she'd be paying attention to. And she got a memory of an elephant, so she remembered things that I may have not even thought about or wasn't even that important to me. And she will, I'll talk about something she'll bring up, and i like, you remember that? How do you know about that? So, but honest. Because the problem is, without that honest friendship, keeping it real for us, meaning we don't want to, what they call a yes man or agree with everything we want to do or, no, no, that's, that's not cool. So we need someone to be honest with us to keep us balanced. So those five that I mentioned, the honest friend, the planner, the adventurer, and the couple, and also the caretaker. Those are just a few that he talks about. Now, it's real interesting because when we start talking about even with friends, because like I said, there's different levels of friends. Now, we have 20 minutes left on the show, and you guys know that know me. I like to talk. But I really don't like talking on these shows all by myself because my mouth gets dry, I'm hungry, and that don't be going too well. So I see my cousin Teresa just sent something on Facebook ah! and messaged her. Now I just left up. Okay, now I got to figure out what I did. Okay, Jeanette. See, okay, see, my cousin has sent me something on Messenger, and I just 
got the pressing button to try to get it away, and all they do is leave it alone. Now, there was something also I want to share that T.D. Jakes talked about, and I found the transcript, and he talks about friends. And I would never forget hearing him preach on this. And he said, basically, be careful who you tell your dreams. Because a lot of times we may think that a person is our friend and they could be a wolf in sheep's clothing. They can come in. They could be our Judas. They can come in and they could come and try to be our dream killer. And you also got to be careful the way things are orchestrated because you can have someone that will send someone to you to try to be your friend, and they mean you no good, and you have no idea where this may be coming from. And I'm not saying to be paranoid, but we also want to be wise. Now, T.D. Jakes indicate to be covered by God and walk in the area of your destiny, you can't be limited to just working with people who look like you. And that was a a thing that I had a bad habit of when I was a teenager growing up. And even in elementary school, my mother used to, well, not my mother, I think my daughter, my sister brought it to my attention. All of my friends with my skin complexion until I got to middle school. And it was there because Carla Gibbs was my friend. And she was dark-skinned, beautiful dark-skinned. And people used to tell her, oh, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. Why would you say that? You know, but I noticed that most of my friends were my complexion or lighter until I got in middle school. So sometimes we talk about these things. we got to make sure that we're able to work or have friends, that all of our friends don't have to look like us, don't have to live like us, don't have to think like us, don't have to eat like us, nor do they have to have the same religion of us. Because, but we still have to respect individuals. Because one of the things that T.D. Jakes talks about in this article is we limit ourselves, we cheat ourselves when we do that. We also have to watch out for character. What type of person are they? We talk about friends. See, that wasn't something that we thought about when we were kids growing up. Now, when he talks about character and he talks about what I'm going to tell you, that there are three basic characters of individuals that you will interact with, and if you are a child of destiny, you can share this with other individuals. And he talks about these friends, and these are some of the friends, and it goes into the friendship zone, is he talks about the confidant. Confidant. The confidant, you'll have very few of them. You know, a lot of teenagers base who they are based on how many friends that they have. I think on a daily basis sometimes I may only talk to maybe sometimes nobody or either I talk to my daughter, or I may talk to Tony, or I may, very few people I talk to on a day-to-day basis. Very few people, can I truly say, are my confidants. Now, there are some that I haven't talked to in a while, but I know that they are my ride-or-die friends. Hey, Talisa. <laughs> Kelly Buster. You know, I got a few, but I see a few, very few. Now, these individuals are confident those people in your life who love you unconditionally. When we talk about unconditionally, they're not just your friend just to be your friend. They love you unconditionally. They are into you, whether you're up 
whether you down, whether you right, whether you're wrong, they are in for the long haul. And you too, I ain't gonna, Joy, you know, you know, you know, you're my girl, you know. So the things are when we start talking about the confidants, not that many confidants that you're gonna have. And when we start talking about if you get in trouble, or even if they got you into trouble, they are there to help you out. My friend Lisa always say, you know we ain't got no bail money. But if I call, they'll be like, look, we got to do, or this needs to be right there. They will come and see you in the jailhouse. They'll come and get you out of the crack house. They're your confidants. You can open up and you can share anything with them because you'll never inherit the kingdom until you find your confidants. You can't be the David till you find your Jonathan. And having a good confidant is the key to unlock the kingdom because if you were raised outside the gate and God's going to cause you to reach over those walls, you got to have a confidant behind the walls who can mentor you, who can um, let you know what needs you need to be done in your next life. Baby Lo, he know, that's my confidant, that's my ride or die. I'll be like, look, come on, baby Lo, we got to go do that and that. He's right there. As soon as I call him, he's like, what's up, sis? You know, and like I said, the problem is with most of us, or most individuals, is that everybody they run around or that you think is your confidant is not always your confidant. And you need a confidant. Is it you need the confidant? Then the confidant is those few people that come in the, alone in your life, and they're there for you. Now, when we start talking about the confidant. That's, like I said, that's that best, best, close, close friend. And I'll never forget my sister said one time, you can call somebody your best friend, but your best friend may have another best friend. Just <laughs> because they're your best friend, I mean that you're there. Now, the next one he talks about is the constituents. Now, we start talking about the constituents, and I'm reading this article that T.D. Jakes indicated, and it says, this is the second group when we start talking about a friend. They are not into you. They are into what and who you are and who you are there for. They are there for what you are for. They are your constituents. And as long as you are for what they are for, they will walk with you. They are there. They will labor with you. And as long as, you know, these are individuals, like I could say that, Sometimes be guests on the show. Some of them don't even know me. But because we share the same interests, there can be basically my constituents. And the thing is, sometimes, and it goes into they're there for you and what you're for, and you have to know that because if they meet someone else that will further their agenda sometimes, they will leave you and hook up with them. And so you, you really can't be mad at them. But you want to make sure that you don't mix a constituent with a confidant. And because it was never about you anyway, it was about the cause that you represent. They are there for what you are there for, but not for you. The next one is the comrades. Now, we start talking about comrades. These are people that are not for you, nor are they for what you are there for. And the comrades will make strange bedfellows, meaning 
This will cause people to come together who normally wouldn't come together. But if something's going on and you guys have the same enemy, and again, don't confuse by their, don't be confused by their association. They will only be with you until the victory is accomplished and then it's time for them to move on. Now, those are just the three that he talks about. We're talking about the confidant, the constituent, and the comrade, because sometimes, like I said, these are the characters of the individuals and what type of person are they. Now, I want to go into talking about Bible verses on friendship. Because as we started talking about Bible verses, you know, as I was putting the show together, things were popping in my head, the songs, what a friend I have in Jesus, or, you know, someone to stick closer to you from a brother than a brother. Now, there are plenty of Bible verses on friendship to help us guide us through our relationship, and we learn what makes up a good friend and how to be a good friend and why friendship is so important in our lives. You know, even though they talk about that man should not be alone and, you know, send your confidant and, and all of that, but you got to also make sure that you also know how to be friendly, too. And like I said, friendship is important. But God does not mean or did not mean for us to go through our lives alone, and he provides people to us that can encourage us and that can guide us. Now, what makes up a good friend? In Proverbs seventeen seventeen, a friend is always a friend and a relative are born to share our troubles. Meaning, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your relatives. And sometimes your friends can be closer to you than your relatives. My sister used to be so mad at me when it came to my friends, especially in middle school and high school, because we had a sisterhood. We were we were friends. We that's what and my sisters would try to be close to me, but they felt that they had to compete with my friends. Now, and also in Proverbs twelve twenty six, the godly give good advice to their friends, and the wicked lead them astray. Goes back to your friend or your foe, okay? And in Proverbs thirteen twenty, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with the food and get in trouble. I don't think I'm going to do that. And also, Proverbs 26, it says, There are many who say, you can trust me. But can they be trusted? You know, that takes me to the movie The Secret Lives of Pets. When the, the dog tells the little, the hawk or whatever, I don't know if I can trust you. And she meant that. Because sometimes we can go to someone and we can be so sincere, we can be so humble, we can be so, and they can't be trusted. That's just who they are. And even Maya Angelou said, when someone tell you who they are, show you who they are, please believe them. Now, Proverbs 22, verses 24 to 25 says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Now, that one is deep because a lot of times we connect with individuals who are hurt, wounded, and broken, but if you're dealing with someone that's hot-tempered, you don't want them to project their stuff onto you 
or use their defense mechanisms and make you become the victim or their victim. Now, also in 1 Corinthians 15.33, don't fool yourself. Bad friends will destroy you. You know, I used to say, and I had this saying, uh, I don't know what people used to say, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I don't do that no more. Because if you're my enemy, if you mean me no good, I'm like Fratasia, if you don't want me, then don't talk to me. Leave me alone. <laughs> Just leave me alone. Because that's dangerous. That is very, very dangerous. Because a lot of individuals will hang around individuals knowing that that person don't like them and you don't know what kind of situation you're putting yourself into. I don't have that kind of energy no more. Now, to be a good friend, Proverbs 17:17 says, A friend loves at times, and a brother is born for adversity. And Proverbs 18:24 also says, Some friends don't help, but a true friend is closer than your own family. And that is so true with a true friend. And in Luke Chapter 6, verse 31, treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Meaning, if you want a friend, you got to know how to be a friend. And like I said, a lot of individuals struggle with that and don't even know it. And in John, chapter 15, verses 12 through 15, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. Now, when they say the master doesn't confide in his slaves, it depends. The movie Django kind of popped in my head. I'll never forget the one with Samuel L. Jackson. He knew more than a little bit more than his master did. Now, in Romans 12, 10, love each other as brothers and sisters and honor others more than you do yourself. And Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Now, when we start talking about this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Now, I want to go into what friendship does. In Exodus 33:11, the Lord would speak to Moses face-to-face as one speaks to a friend. And in Galatians, Galatians 4, 9-12, Lord, i got to get my two six because it is so messing up my speech. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You know, it's kind of like that old saying, I fall in, but I can't get up. 
Because if you do it all by yourself, you got to pull yourself up. Now, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, or even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Now, that is deep because, you know, one man is not an island, and a lot of times people say, well, I don't need no friends, I'm good by myself. And it's not even that deep when we start talking about becoming a friend in Christ and being friendly. And like I said, sometimes I found that people in church were the most unfriendly people. You know, they would say, I'm a Christian, but they weren't Christ-like. So when we start talking about being friends to individuals, it's what type of friend and what type of person are you. Now, in Romans 5.10, even when we were God's enemies, he made peace with us because his son died for us, yet something even greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God, we will be saved by his son's life. Now, there are so many different Bible verses about friendships and and how to be a friend and, you know, how Christ was a friend and how it's just so much. It's just so, so much. But like I said, we also have to be mindful of when we talk about who we connect ourselves with. I remember my grandmother used to say, if you lay down with dog, you wake up asleep. <laughs> I used to be like, ooh, I don't know if I want to do all of that. Now, I'm also looking at another article, and and it talks about, and it says learnreligion.com, and a lady by the name of Mary, Mary Fairchild, she wrote an article, and she said, when we consider the blessings of God, the gift that adds beauty and joy to our life, that enables us to keep going through stretches of boredom and even suffering, friendship is very near the top. Because when you're bored, when you don't have anything to do, that's when you want to call on a friend. Now, when we start talking about true and lasting friendship, sometimes true and lasting friendships can occur suddenly. But a person of integrity is easy to recognize, and instantly we want to spend time with them and enjoy their company, spending time, talking, learning. Now, after David saw he met Jonathan, the king's son, there was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David for the day, from that day on Saul kept David with him, and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. And that's in First Samuel. And it's interesting because just over the weekend, my grandson and I, we were watching the story of David and Goliath and um, Saul and Solomon. And because I was confused about some things, but watching that movie kind of brought some things to my attention and it kind of, answer some questions for me. Now, godly advice gives good advice. The soundest advice comes from the Bible. Therefore, friends who remind us of helpful scriptures are wise counselors. They keep us 
on the right path. Now, I even did a show one time about um, when we talk about Bible verses, some things that were people would say they thought it was from the Bible. It wasn't from the Bible. Another thing is gossip separates best friends. Protect your friend's reputation as you would a brother's or sister's. Gossip has no place in friendship. And loyal friends love through difficult times. As we are loyal to our friends during hard times, they will be loyal to us. Stand by your friends and build them up. And remember, true, faithful friends are a rare treasure. One of the most loving acts in our life is sticking by a friend no matter what. Our godliness is measured by how true we are to our friends. So I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for, uh, if you're listening to the show, if you clicked on, like I said, if you're not available at the time of the aired shows, you can always click on the links and listen to the shows as they are in demand. Again, please pray for our nation, pray for our world, pray for our family, pray for you, and keep my brother Delano Blackwell in prayer. Because whatever God's will is, we have to write it out and we have to accept it. It's not our will, but his will shall be done. So, again, I want to thank you. Now, on Monday, I am going to be talking about overdose. And some would say, you know, why overdose? Because it came into my spirit before, and I didn't do it. And I want to share some information about overdose awareness. And also what gave me confirmation was when I saw that Keisha Cole mother died of an overdose. We are losing individuals to drugs and alcohol addiction. Overdose is real and it's happening. People are in pain. Some people are bored. Individuals are going through some things. Individuals are grieving. And even with COVID, the use of drugs and alcohol is actually increasing. So that increases the number of overdose. So I'm going to be providing some information as it relates to overdose awareness. So if you have had an overdose and you want to share what that feeling was like, again, this is not to shame anyone, to embarrass anyone, it's to educate. Because I remember my first job that I had pretty much in the field of drug and alcohol abuse before I purchased the Center for the Treatment of Addiction, I was working for Orange County Healthcare Agencies doing assessment and evaluations for nonviolent drug offenders. And as I was doing a questionnaire and I would question them about overdose, and they would tell me, oh, I had five overdoses, seven overdoses. I used to think that if a person had an overdose on one, they were dead, they died. Not all of, not everyone died when they overdose. Some individuals can be saved, but some people can or some individuals have lost their lives. So, again, my name is Jeanette Abney. If you want to call in on Monday's show, give me a call at 516-387-1914. If you want or you're interested in being a guest, you can email me at preciouspredicaments at gmail.com or Jeanette Abney, or sorry, J Abney, LMFT, at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can also find me, Jeanette Abney, on Psychology Today. Again, thank you for joining the show. Let me go fix me something to eat. Bye-bye.